0: Thank you so much, uh, guitar players, and Mr. Jason, and thank you, Miss Shell, for that wonderful, wonderful leading in that worship time, and thank you for participating. Um, that is, uh, I think, you know, worship is such an important part of the Christian life. I think it's something that is excellent uh, when uh, we truly grasp and understand the power of worship, uh, the, the place of worship. It's just uh, something amazing. I hope that worship is something that uh, doesn't take place for you uh, just in uh, the confines of the church or youth time or something like that. I hope that like every chance you get like you're in your mind singing uh, you're in the shower singing you're in somewhere singing um and not just singing any song but just singing something that glorifies god and worships god man it really is something special when we get a hold of that tonight um in our lives. Tonight it was great to to hear you do it. Um, Tonight is uh, uh, our, our, we're looking and representing our school, uh, right? I see uh, Lobos, I see Palmview, excuse me, yeah, uh, uh, Lobos, I see uh, some different uh, middle school, Coyotes, I see uh, FCA, MCA, a bunch of those. I see A&M back there, Mr. Sal representing his uh, new college. I see a lot of different ones. Great job. This is my school um, that I would be representing just that I wanted to wear a college shirt. uh, But this was Valley Christian School. I went here from K-5 all the way until 10th grade, and then 11th grade, I went to FCA for a little bit, and I went to MCA for a little bit, and then, um, and then I, I went back for my senior year, and I graduated from there, and uh, I, I'm so, so proud of my school, it just no longer exists. It was shut down in the year uh, 2003, was it, Pastor Jeremy, what was that, 2002, 2001, oh man old. Um, uh, but anyways, um, it was the, the year uh, that uh, was a sad year for me. But it, uh, the buildings are still there. Uh, if you go to Three Mile in La Homa, I don't know if it's, if it's still like a remedial school or something like that there, uh, but it's, uh, the buildings are still there. I can still remember the classroom where I went to kindergarten. It's right there. And, uh, and then where I went to Olive Elementary are right there except for one portable that's not there that was where i went in fifth grade and then all of high school i went in the gymnasium and around there my middle school high school years were spent there and uh so that was my alma mater but i i try i, I trust that uh, you're a, uh proud to represent your school it's great that uh, these themes are, are something fun to do Want to get moving here tonight because I want to try and move quickly. We do have a little bit more air conditioning here tonight, so I, I hopefully won't sweat as much as I was last night. I think uh, even my brain was sweating last night. It was that hot. But it was great to, uh, to learn together. And uh, somebody remind me what we learned about yesterday. What we learned about, yes. Yeah, what we learned. Yeah, you. About the truth, okay. Okay. All right, we learned that there was a learned truth, right? We learned about the basics of continue, right? And we, started, we said that there was a learned truth. And then what else did we learn about? Right, a loving truth teller, right? We said that there was a loving truth teller. And who's pouring into your life? Who is that loving truth teller in your life? And then we learned about, lastly, one other thing. A living truth. Somebody got that? Hey, hey great job. Man, I'm, I was expecting to hear crickets all three of those times. And great job. Thank you. I, I commend you on that. Uh, hopefully that it is saturating in your, in your mind somewhere. Well, uh, we began on Sunday nights talking about before continue. Last night we learned a little bit about the basics of continue. And tonight I want to challenge you on the basis of continue. What does our continuance rely on? What is the basis for which we are propelled forward? How is it that we can continue? And so I want to uh, just share with you a couple thoughts about that. Let's go to our portion, uh, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3. And verse verses 14 and on. And I want to tell you, I'm excited about tonight. I don't know why. There's just certain messages I just get real excited about. And and it should be every message, and it kind of is. But there's certain messages I just get real excited about. I hope tonight you're excited with me. Uh, It's just, uh, it's a Tuesday night. And uh, it's amazing to see so many of you uh, that your parents forced you to come. I mean, I mean, you decided to come here tonight. And uh, it's wonderful to see that uh, you guys are here and that it's a great time uh, to be together and to worship and have a good time. Uh, I know that really what brought you out tonight was the food and the snacks that we're going to have. So I'll try and get out of the way so you can get to that as soon as possible here. No, but we appreciate those parents. Um, so far, I still think the tacos are the winner. But uh, the, uh, the gummies in Chamoy were fantastic. I didn't eat any, but my kids said they were good. And so uh, uh, that looked like good. And my wife ate some. No, you didn't eat any? Oh, maybe she-
1: um, but anyways,
0: uh, but uh, but it's, it's been a fun conference. It's been great to see uh, all that's taking place. I hope that you appreciate it because there's lots of places, as I mentioned to you last night, um, there's lots of churches around uh, not only this nation but around the world that wish that they could have something like this, that they had a youth pastor, a youth sponsor, somebody interested in the youth, somebody coordinating, somebody investing into their lives and it's just not a reality for them. And I hope that you treasure that. I hope that you appreciate appreciate that. Um. Up until basically the generation just before you, um, we never had a full-time youth pastor here at our church. It was always just different volunteers that would help out. And now uh, basically your generation and the generation before this is the first time that we as a church have been able to afford a youth pastor that can work and pour into your lives. This summer you even had an intern and a full-time youth pastor. Man, you guys were spoiled. Anyways, uh, but it was great. It's great what, what God has done here. We appreciate it so much, and I hope that you appreciate it as well. That's my spiel. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 14 through 17. It says this, "But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and has been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness: that the man of God may be perfect" Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Let's pray and ask for God's direction. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Father, that in it we have the complete and total truth. Father, we thank you because it is the basis, Lord, and we'll be talking more about that, but we thank you, Father, for the treasured, preserved word that we have before us. I pray, Father, that you give us wisdom, and I pray specifically for myself, Father, that you would just give me wisdom. Lord, may your spirit uh, guide me to be able to communicate the truth that you've laid on my heart. And uh, Father, we'll give you the honor and the glory because only you deserve it. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. This is a wonderful passage. I have spoken to you over the last two nights about kind of the background. Paul is in a prison, he's in a dungeon. He's the second time he's in prison. He's facing some not so happy times dark, um, having been probably brutally beaten. Uh, forgotten, eating, eating every now and then with the rats. Um, he's sitting there locked, chained away in this dungeon and um, with a big heavy burden. How can I help? How can I help the churches? How can I help these people that are going through a tough time? Can I tell you that um, in that I can identify a little bit with Paul. Um, for the last um, 20 years of my life, that's kind of been my, my thought continuously and it's not to boast about myself. It's just a burden that God has placed on me. Wherever I was, I look around me, and I see need. I think it's part of my training. I remember um, going with my dad to the Coyotes game when there was only one high school at La Jolla, and we would go, especially when it was a mission against La Jolla, because half of our church was from mission, so all of those teenagers would go, and then half of our church was, that was Mission Eagles, and then half of our church was Coyotes, and so they were La Jolla Coyotes. So when we would go, like half the church would be sitting on that side, I hate you, and the other half of the the church. Uh, we're going to win. And so uh, that was a uh, important uh, game. And uh, unlike today where there's a lot of high schools and it's all spread out, it was just like if you were from this side of the of the valley, you were a La Jolla guy and, uh, and a girl. And if you were this side, you were a mission guy or girl. And that's how it was. And so um, like, 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 the, like Walmart would shut down. Like everything was shut down for Friday night football. I mean like everybody was at the stadium. Like you could have robbed any house in the entire valley because everybody was at the football game. It was like that. But I remember going to the football games and just being like, wow, there's a lot of people. And my dad would go with us because he, he, he would keep just, he loved hanging out with us. I had an awesome dad that way. And uh, he would go with us. And one of the things that I would talk to him about, I would be looking around, man, there's a lot of people. And he'd say, yeah, I wonder how many of them are saved. And I remember just as like a nine, 10-year-old boy looking around all of a sudden with a different lens on my eyes, like, hey, I wonder how many of them are saved. And, and all the time, I, I think I blame it on my upbringing. Just we would go different places. I remember going to the Astros game when I was like 13, 14. Uh, my baseball team. We went up to Houston. Our baseball coach took us at the end of the season. We walked in there. My dad went with us to that as well. In fact, I've, I've been wanting to go get it. Here it is. Okay, it's in the it's in the like the fourth or fifth inning. There's a uh, he became a Hall of Famer. His name was Moises Alou. He's up to bat. His dad Felipe Alou is the uh, is a is the manager of the, the back then they were called the Montreal. And so he's there, and he's up to bat. And in the fifth inning, he cranks a homer. My dad is sitting there, right? A pastor is sitting there like 20 rows up. He sees the ball coming, but it's coming super hard. Moises Alou had just pounded that home run. He takes off his hat, and catches the home run with his baseball cap. Pastor actually wore baseball caps back then. But yeah, he, uh, he got it off and he caught the baseball. Oh, man, it's just one of those memories that sticks with you. Um, uh, I just wish I could go back on the ESPN. I'm sure that was on some sort of like amazing uh, sports center replay, but I haven't found it. But uh, yeah, but it happened. Uh, but anyways, I remember being there in that stadium and him again. Every time we were in that big congregation of people, every time we were around those amount of people, that was his continual thought. Man, I wonder how many of them are Christians. I wonder how many of them are on their way to heaven. I wonder how many of them are going through a hard time right now. I wonder how many of those homes are being destroyed by sin right now. So it was in me, and so I look at your generation, and from the last 20 years of my life forward, I, I've been thinking that way, and I can identify with Paul sitting in a dungeon. Thankfully, I have never had to sit in a dungeon, but, but thinking about how can I be a help, and that's truly a, a, a servant of God's heart. I always say that's one of the ways that you, and, and that God can start using your life is just begin with a burden. Maybe for you it's your neighbor, maybe for you it's like you know that like ten houses down, like their parents don't care about them, and if you were to go and invite them to jump in the car with you on Sunday and come with you to church, they 'd probably say yes because it 's like they have nothing going on in their life, and just the fact that maybe their snacks at, at Sunday school class would be something special for them it's just a burden that begins in you. I remember at 14, 15 years of age uh, going with uh, a guy that was uh, directing our bus route back then, and I remember going with him on Saturdays over to Green Road and. And we would go on Saturdays and I'd be next to him and we'd knock on the door and we'd say, hey, we're here from Iglesia Betania and we want to know if there's any kids that want to go to church tomorrow. We got a bus that's going to come around and we're going to pick them up at nine o'clock and we'll bring them back around noon. And if you'll lend them to us and we'll take them to church and have, help them have a good time, learn about God, and then we'll bring them back to you. I remember as a young boy doing that, just a burden. Paul had a burden saying, man, th- this generation, they're being, they're, they're going through tough times they, they, they need to know some truth. And so he begins writing this letter, and he writes 1 Timothy, and he writes 2 Timothy. And here we are in, in 2 Timothy, and he's coming towards the end. And in verse chapter number 4, you'll find where he says, My, my end is near. The time of my departure is coming. He knew, he knew that it wasn't too long before his last breath would be drawn here on this earth. And he wasn't thinking about checking off things off of his bucket list. How do I see the Niagara Falls? How can I go and have this vacation? How do I make it to the Bahamas before I die? How, like, that's my bucket list. And, uh, and so he didn't have that kind of, his thoughts were, my time is short. Man, what else can I do for the cause of Christ? How else can I be a help to somebody? And tonight, I, w- I want to come with that heart to you my desire is just to help you guys. My desire is not to sit here and to tell you, um, you know, just uh, uh, this is what you're doing wrong. My desire is just to be a help to you. I, I don't know what's going on in your life, but I want to be a help to you. And tonight I want to just share with you the basis of continue. We've been taking that phrase of verse number 14 of 2 Timothy 3, but continue, but Continue. And we talked about that it's not so much a running and not stopping as it is being in a place and not moving. It's to remain, it's to abide, it's that kind of continue. And the basis for that continuance begins, first of all, I wanna say that it's, it's a relational basis. And I wanna park here because I think I'm gonna spend a, quite a bit of my time here. The basis of our continue is a relational basis. That is to say this, guys and girls, that is to say this, okay? That your basis for continue is a direct connection between your loving Savior, Jesus Christ, and you. That's the basis for it. The fact of the matter is, is that it is a relational basis. And I want to tell you tonight that We've, we've doctored up this Christianity to be a whole lot of things that it's not. And we have to be careful, and I want to be as a preacher very careful in what I say here. I'm thankful for all the programs of the church, and I'm thankful for the fact that you know what to expect on Sunday morning when you come and you sit in the bench and you know there's two hymns, and then there's a prayer, and then there's an offering, and then there's a special, and then Pastor Jeremy preaches. I'm glad for that. There's a, there's a mythology, and there's a methodology, and there's a way in which uh, there's a, we do things. But I, I, I want to be careful that at the same time that we're not selling you a lie, that that is not what the basis of your continue is going to come from. The basis of your continue is going to come from your relationship with Jesus Christ, and that is going to be the basis on which you're going to be able to continue. The basis of continue is relational. It says there in verse number 15, And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. I look back on my, and I don't want to use myself as an example of just something great, but I do want to say this. I look back on my life, and I, 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 from time to time, I'm not a journaler. I'm not a, you know, I don't have my diary. Um, um, Some of you girls, I know, if I were to go to your room and find the diary, you'd be like, "Don't read it." Um, And mine's the same way, don't read it. Um, But I do have a couple things here, right? Um, And and. Uh, This one is from March 6, 2001. So that would be 17 years ago. Anybody not born in 2001? Raise your hand. You're not born in 2001. You weren't born in 2001. So this was several years before most of you were born. Okay? And I write this. Oh, that my heart would see the need to burn for my Savior. Oh, that my mind would seek wisdom from above. Like the raindrops from the sky, so are the blessings from God Almighty. March 8th, 2001, my heart and soul longs for wisdom as its price is far above that of golden riches. With it I have found favor with God and man. It guides my steps and brings peace in the worries of the storm. I have just from time to time, like I told you, even from 2001 this way, I have several different pages of different talks and different thoughts. And as I go through these, what it reminds me of is my, my relationship with Jesus Christ. Many times in my writing, I literally write a letter to Jesus. Many times I pour out petitions to him. Many times I just share with him what's going on with my life. And if I were to say, Pastor John, how is it that you went from being, uh, 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 you know, just kind of, you barely became a Christian when you were 12, and between the ages of 12 and 16, you kind of just walk with God and, not so much and then at 16 you dedicated your life to God but you know you were still struggling with things you still had sins how was it that you got from there to now 20 years later that you're 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 a preacher you're 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 working for the Lord how I would say that I would look back on it and I would say that you'd find a lot in those journals right there of me talking with God and believing that it was just as real as if I were right here and me and Josue had a conversation I would sit there by my bed and I would imagine Jesus sitting at the foot of my bed and I would have a conversation with him. Sometimes I would write down everything that I wanted to say to him and sometimes I would just talk to him and write down other things. I want to ch- encourage you tonight, young person. I, I don't, I'm not trying to, I'm not an, a, a writing professor or a writing teacher telling you you need to learn to write. And you, I'm just telling you, Jesus needs to be real to you. He needs to be real to you. He needs to be something that is a part of a relationship that you value, that you treasure, and that makes something real to you. See, this continue, it has its basis in a relational basis. It is about a relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus Christ, we sang about it in that last song. Jesus Christ, He 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 was willing to get on a cross, but it was not the nails. It was not the crown of thorns, it was not the spear that pierced his side. It was not the collapsing lungs on which he had to push up on those nails to breathe. That is not what the that is not what the message of the cross is. The message of the cross is that for the first time in between eternity past and eternity future, the son of God, God in the flesh, took my wickedness and my sin and he nailed it to a cross for one reason, that he wanted to have a relationship with me and a relationship with you. God was perfectly fine in eternity past and he would have been perfectly fine in eternity future without us. But he didn't want it to be so. Because he loved us. And tonight, I think about sometimes continue. And I think about the, 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 the farmer, right? With the plow. And he's got the plow. And what's in front of the plow? The oxen, right? Or the, the, the cows, right? For you, we call them oxen. Um, anyways, uh, and so he's there and the oxen's going... And then he stops, and what does the farmer do? What does the farmer do if the oxen stops? He whips them. Why? What does he want them to do? Continue, right? And I find a lot of Christians that look at, uh, uh, Christian young people that look at Christianity as though, well, here comes pastor. Oh, psh, all right, all right. Here comes mom and dad. Now, did you read your, ah, psh, okay, I'll go to church today, all right. That, that is not continue. That is not continue. Continue is, follow me, this is where you guys, this, this is just perfect for you guys. Okay, continue is this. Continue is that first night that you got her, her, her phone number. It's that first night you got his phone number, and he texted you first. Don't ever text first, girls. And he <laughs> texted you first. And you're like, oh, hey. Your dad, your mom didn't have to, text him back, text him back. Oh, no, 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 no. No, it was, oh, I'll continue. And that went till three in the morning. You woke up at seven, four hours later. What was the first thought in your mind? Did he text? Did she text? Opening the WhatsApp. Opening the Snapchat, did she comment? Did she do something? Why? Why, is th- why doesn't there need to be mom or dad? Why doesn't there need to be the whip? Why? because that continue is about love it's about a relationship it's about your heart pounding and saying somebody cares about me somebody took interest in me can I tell you tonight that 2,000 years ago there was a God in heaven who loved you who sent his son and he wants to have a relationship with you and the continue should not be the whip it should not be the prod of the farmer making you drag that uh, that, that the, the, the thing behind you and keep going and keep going It should be a continue that you get up and you say, man, I can't wait to find out more about this God that loved me. Man, there was this Jesus and there is this Jesus because he's alive and he's right there and he's waiting for me every morning and he wants to have a relationship with me. And I'm telling you this very evening, young person, it's not something that is far away. It's not something that only pastor can have or only a Sunday school teacher can have. Can I tell you this very evening that the person that got saved Saved last night, that the person that got saved five minutes ago is loved by that same Jesus the exact same way that the greatest preacher that ever lived, that Paul himself, that was the greatest apostle that ever lived, that same Jesus loves you with the exact same love that he loves them. Do you realize that we don't earn Christ's love? Do you realize that our performance does not impress God? And that he doesn't sit there saying, okay, I have this much love, and if you go to youth every time, if you go to church, I'll give you this much of it. And if you do this, I'll give you this much more. No, 2,000 years ago, he said, here's all my love. You get it all. And the people that learn to continue in this are the people who understand that the basis is that it's a relational basis. Because they reciprocate that love. They say, wow, that you would love me that much. That you, that you want so badly to spend eternity with me that not only did you die on the cross 2,000 years ago and you showed me a way in which I can enter a relationship with you, but then you inspired. Look at what it goes on to say. He goes on to say in verse number 16, all scripture is given by what? All scripture is given by what? Inspiration. Inspiration of God. That same Jesus not only loved you 2,000 years ago, but he knew that 2,000 years later, you were going to need to know exactly how much he loved you. And you were going to need to know exactly how you can have everything that is necessary to have a perfect relationship with him. And so therefore, he preserved, he preserved, and he breathed the thoughts that he wanted to communicate to us. These are not all the thoughts of God, right? We know that. But these are all the thoughts of God that he wanted us to know on this side of eternity. And so therefore, uh, this very evening, uh, I want you to understand, number one, that the basis for continue is it's a relational basis. But number two, we also have a reliable basis, and that reliable basis is the Word of God. This is what we can have to continue. Can I tell you something? That, G, that, that, that the devil is not scared of you going to church. He doesn't like it. But he's not scared of it. Can I tell you that the devil is not scared of, 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 of you uh, being around other young, young, young people, young Christians? He, he doesn't like it. He tries to disrupt it with gossiping, with allowing there to be fractions among the youth group. He, he'll, he'll, he'll try and disturb it. But he's not scared of it. I'll tell you one thing the devil is absolutely terrified of. It's a thing he fights hardest against. It's the word of God. Because he knows It's the only offensive weapon that God has placed in our hand that sends him running, that sends him scared. You, you know why of all the things that have been torn down in our generation and in our society, you know why the number one thing that they try and tear down, the number one they try and, if they can't get rid of it entirely, then they try and plant doubt, then they try and plant a, a seed of, well, I don't know if that part of the Bible was right. Well, you know, that whole Genesis stuff. Well, what about the fossils? And, you know, and he tries to tear down and tear down the one thing that he is most scared of. If a Christian young person will know the word of God, I guarantee you that you will, run, you will leave the devil running scared. We have a reliable basis. It is the word of God. Go with me to uh, uh, Psalm 119. Psalm 119 and verse 89. Psalm 119 and verse 89 says this. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven thy faithfulness unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth, and it abideth. They continue this day according to thine ordinance for all thy servants. Unless thy law had been my delight, I should then have perished in mine affliction. I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast quickened me. I am thine. Save me, for I have sought thy precepts. The wicked have waited for me to destroy me, but I will consider thy testimonies. I have seen an end of all perfection, but thy commandment is exceeding broad. See, man's perfection, it'll fade away. While we try and puff up and say, look at how good I can do these works. Look at how good I can be consistent to church. Look at how well I can dress. And look at how convincing I can be at being a good Christian. That all eventually fades away. But God's word, God's word in you, the psalmist said, had I not known your precepts, I would have been destroyed by my iniquity." I would have been destroyed by my enemy. and I tell you tonight that you have an enemy? And that if you're going to continue, you need to base it on the reliability of God's word. We have a reliable basis. God's Word is true. God's Word is faithful. God's Word. Look at what it says there in verse number 16 of 2 Timothy chapter 3. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. I don't have time to break down all those words, but can I tell you this? God's Word has multiple uses. You know when you're sad, you need God's Word. You know when you're happy, you need God's Word. You know when you're in love, you need God's Word. You know when you're unloved, you need God's word. You know when you get that A on on science that you weren't expecting, you need God's word. You know when you get that F when you're expecting the A, you need God's word. Can I tell you that when you're left out of the the group, uh, you need God's word. Can I tell you when you're included in the varsity club, you need God's word. You need God's word all the time. You need God's word. It's something that is part of every part of your life it can make a difference in your life if you'll let it. I'm telling you tonight that there is a basis for continue. It's a relational basis. It's a reliable basis. God's word, it is absolutely reliable. It says there that the man of God may be perfect. Many of us in today's world, if I were to tell you... Um, He got a perfect score. You would think there's nothing wrong. There was nothing wrong there. That's not the word in the Bible that is perfect, okay? The word in the Bible that is perfect is complete. What's the word in the Bible for perfect? Complete. Complete. So what that passage is saying is that when you don't have God's word, you're incomplete. When you don't have God's word, you are incomplete. And when you are a Christian and you're trying to live the Christian life without God's word, it's going to be absolutely impossible to continue because you're incomplete. You're missing a component. It, it reminds me of the times when I would make a, a model uh, a, 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 of a truck. I remember one time I, I made, uh, in high school, me and my oldest brother, we made a Camaro. And, and when we were making that model, you would put the pieces together. And, and, and there would be some times where I would get so excited, I'd open the bag, and, and, be, and I didn't know it, and it dropped a piece to the floor, and I kicked it under the, under the, the bed. And we would make, finish making the model, and it's like, oh, where's the door? Mm. Look, the bag, it's not there. It it just wasn't complete. The the, the picture was not complete. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't complete. It wasn't there because there was a component that was missing. Can I tell you tonight that in your Christian walk, if you're going to continue, there is a component that is absolutely necessary to make you complete, and that is the Word of God. You need to know it. You need to read it. You say, Brother John, I don't have half an hour to read the Bible. I don't have an hour. I, I don't have five hours. Okay, how much time do you have? Do you have one minute? Do you have 30 seconds? Do do, do, do you have a glance that you can give the Bible? Start somewhere. I'm not asking you to spend 17 hours of your day reading the Bible. I'm saying start somewhere. Start adding in something that will complete you. And it'll be a blessing to your life. And it'll help you to have a basis to continue. I want to just finish here with just a couple different things i want to encourage you to make sure you have I, i'm thankful look on this i have the is a uh, well you can't see this beautiful picture of my wife anyways um on this um i i have um the greek new testament I, I i don't know greek i studied a little bit about it but i can study the words in greek and in english and see what they mean i have i think it's 400 different versions of the bible or different different types of the Bible in here. I, I have access to different study guides. There's a guy named Matthew Henry who had a, a, his, his commentaries on the entire Bible are phenomenal. He takes a passage of the Bible and he explains it to you. And all you gotta do is read it. It's right there. It's on Google. I'm thankful for that. I'm not knocking it, okay? This Bible, on May 15th, 1981 was given to our pastor by our church because he was ordained as the new pastor of this church so that was roughly what 37 years ago i have notes in here they're not my dad's notes he had another bible that he liked more so he passed it on to my mom and more or less for the last uh, 25 years or so, uh, up till about 25 years ago, my mom says this was her Bible. When I remember my mom going to church as a child, I remember this being next to her purse. I remember it sitting there with the purse on top of it. After church, I remember everywhere, about a year and a half ago, she gave it to me. My mom's 71. I hope she lives to be 101. But no matter what, as long as I have this Bible, I have a memory of my mom's faithfulness of reading God's Word, I have memories of her reading to us as kids. I have memories of her during devotional time sharing a verse and sharing something that God spoke to her about. Can I tell you this? Get yourself a Bible. Get yourself one that has your name on it. For me, it didn't happen until I was 16, but I used that Bible from the time I was 16 until I got this Bible. I ordered this Bible in uh, 2016. Uh, I ordered it for my wife, and it says, Blandy. But then it didn't have enough flowers and stuff on it, so then I got her another one. But I kept this one as a gift from her to me. And uh, now for the last uh, two and a half years, I've used this as my, as my note Bible, as my reading Bible. I have one in English. I have another one in Spanish that I preach from. But I hope and pray, before that, excuse me, before that, so from the time I was 16 until the time I was, I was uh, uh, so that's uh, th- uh, 2016, I would have been almost 36 at the time. So for those 20 years, I have a a bilingual Bible that I have. I'm thinking about when I'm about 55, 60, I'm gonna pass that on to one of my kids, and then when I get about 70, I'm gonna pass this one on to another one of my kids, and I wanna get about one or two more so I can pass one on to each one of my kids so they can have something that, this is dad's, it's what dad read. This is what dad made a difference in dad's life. This was the reliable basis on which dad can build, could build our family and build his life. Get yourself a Bible, young person. Get yourself something you can take notes in. Get yourself something that you can t- be serious about God with. Enough with coming to church without a Bible. Hey, phones are great. I'm happy for them. Use them. They're wonderful. Get yourself a Bible. Get yourself a Bible. My suggestion, do I think you're a sinner if you don't have one? No, I'm just saying, I'm encouraging you have a Bible. We good? We good? All right, all right. One last thing and we'll be done here. Uh, we have the basis of our continuum. It's a relational basis. It's a reliable basis. And lastly, as we look at verse number 17, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. But look look down with me there in verse number 16, excuse me, at the end of verse number 16, that it is uh, profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. I want to tell you tonight that it's not just a relational basis. It's not just a reliable basis, but it's a righteous basis. It's a righteous basis. Righteousness matters to God. Look, I want to tell you in verse number 8, here Paul is talking, He and we'll look at this, we'll be done right here, right here. Um, it says in verse number 6 of chapter four, Second Timothy chapter 4, verse number 6, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is, ha- is at hand he's not talking about a flight that he's going to catch or a train that's about to depart no he means he's about to die but it says in verse number seven i have fought a good fight i have finished my course i have kept the faith henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of what crown of righteousness which the lord the what the righteous judge shall give me at that time at that date righteousness matters to god Listen to me, young person. We don't act righteous to impress God. We don't act righteous so that God will love us more. We act righteous because God loves us. We act righteous because he poured out 2,000 years ago all that love without restraint. And today we come to church and today we sing and we worship him. And today we listen and we grow. And today we learn about him because, see, he's a righteous God and he has loved us. And because, oh, he has loved us and because he has poured out that love upon us, then therefore I want to, in loving response to him and in love anticipation look at what it says in verse number uh, verse number eight and and, and 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 shall give me at that day and not on, not to me only but unto all them also that love his appearing it's that love his love towards us and our love towards him that propels us to continue in that righteous living well it is i'm telling you tonight that it is not that we're meriting or we're earning god's love but it is because every day we fall in love love with him a little bit more and man when we realize that man Everything that I have is because God has been good to me. And even the things that were not looking good to me in, in the moment, uh, the Bible tells me that all things work together for good to them that are, uh, th- that are called according to his purpose. And I, I want to say that e- even in the midst of the hardships, when we understand God's love to us, we understand, man, but it could be far worse if it wasn't for God's love. I don't deserve anything, but God loved me. And because he loved me, man, man, If I can live right before him, if I can please him, wow, that'd be wonderful to make right choices, to continue on in righteous living. Because he's righteous. He's a righteous judge. And tonight he's calling us to righteous living. Paul says, I look forward to that. I look forward to closing my eyes on this earth and opening them in heaven Because there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. That crown has nothing to do with us, right? It has to do that one day we will stand before the almighty God creator. And one day we will really be in front of God. And we will say thank you to him for our salvation and then we will present to him gifts. But we can't take our iPhone X and we can't take our PS4 and our Xbox One does us no good there. We have nothing that we will get, be able to give him and offer him in adoration to him except for the things that we do in righteousness. Can I tell you tonight, young person, the basis for continue, it's a righteous basis. Have some righteousness about you. Have some integrity in you to live right. If you're doing something wrong tonight, stop. Stop not because he's going to stop loving you. Stop because he never stops loving you. Stop because he loved you in the first place. Stop because, by goodness, there will be a day where you will be able to stand before that almighty loving God and you'll be able to say, yes, you gave me 50 years. You gave me 30 years. You gave me 70 years. And in those years, I did what was right. I loved rightly. I forgave rightly. I lived rightly. And because of that, you have bestowed." Stowed upon me these crowns of righteousness and now I will cast them at your feet and I will worship you because of the life that you gave me and the love that you showed me. Guys, tonight, I'm asking you to consider the basis for continue. It's a relational basis. It's a reliable basis on God's word. It's a righteous basis based on right living. You do that. And you'll have some great ingredients that are necessary to propel you to continue.